Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us and helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us back again is Dr. Ashley Coker-Cranny of Whole Brain Solutions. Doctor, welcome back to the program. Hey, so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. Now, today's program, we're going to be talking about youth soccer referees. Um, this was a subject that was actually brought up uh, by a couple of people that wanted uh, wanted me to kind of address this situation in a podcast. Uh, here in West Virginia and, of course, across the country, uh, many of the soccer matches that go on at the youth level, especially at the grassroots level, are officiated by youth soccer referees. And these are 12-year-olds to 17-, 18-year-olds uh, uh, that are officiated these matches now I don't want to go into the fact of you know some of the reasons why we don't get a lot of these referees coming back after a few years there's a lot of different reasons uh, from you know uh, uh, from coaches to spectators and kind of the grief that they get Uh, but basically what I wanted to do is is make this into a, a sort of a positive show for our youth soccer referees that maybe we might be able to provide them some good advice on how to handle certain situations, maybe how they need to be thinking about things, and also to maybe to give some information to our coaches and to the players and to our parents and spectators uh, about what our referees are kind of going through from uh, a mental aspect and and things that they're trying to deal with because it's such a complex situation, especially when you're dealing with youth referees and then most everybody other than the players around them are all adults. So why don't we go ahead and dive right into things, doctor, go ahead and give us an overall picture of the psyche of a teenager, 12 to 17, both male and female. Absolutely. So if we think physiologically, obviously there are a lot of things happening. There's a lot more growth. Hormones are changing. Um, you know, there's kind of just a, a lot of physical stuff that's going on in this time period and kind of trying to catch up with that, understand that, learn how to maybe change the way that you've, you've trained and moved and all that kind of stuff your entire life is definitely something that's kind of on your mind at this age um, because your body's just different. And so you're learning to relate to it differently. And, and mentally that's going to um, take a little bit of brain power to kind of work through in addition to that, most people in kind of this 12 to 17 range are kind of in that, who am I, what's this identity that I have kind of position. And then on top of that, they're much more aware of their social environment, how it is that others are perceiving them, um, how the decisions that they're making are being evaluated by people around them that they care about. And all of that's happening when they still have an underdeveloped, what we call prefrontal cortex, or kind of that rationale and decision-making part of the brain. So they're really grappling with a lot of kind of abstract ideas, a lot of changes, um, a lot of understanding about other people around them and how what they do affects them and the other way around, um, kind of within this context of not having all the tools to fully grasp all of that. So all of that is to say that just developmentally, from a mental standpoint, there's a lot going on that really divides a lot of attention. um, And it's really kind of an early learning stage for a lot of individuals. 
Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and put that teenager that you just described into a position of authority as a center referee or an assistant referee and where they may have to interact with adults like coaches and spectators yeah. and parents on the sidelines that may not be uh, behaving uh uh, in a pro, maybe not behaving correctly. Um, talk to us a little bit about that of where, where that puts them into. Yeah, so that's the important thing to start thinking about. So if up to this point, say I've been a player, and that's really how it is that I've kind of identified myself, and now all of a sudden I find myself in a position of authority, well, now my identity is going to take a little bit of a shift. And so I've kind of got to grapple with and understand what this position of authority really means. If I'm not just a player, then what does it mean to be perhaps say more of a leader? And again, if we go back to this idea that like prefrontal cortex isn't um, fully developed yet, but it's headed that direction, abstract reasoning skills are getting better, but they're not experts yet, then the idea that, okay, I need to be able to attend to everything going on in this situation and then assert my authority to make sure that I'm keeping players safe and the game as fair as I can and all of that kind of stuff becomes a really kind of big load um, for them to handle. So that authority really just kind of complicates all those basic processes we were just talking about a moment ago as they now try to figure out how does that role fit into my bigger picture of who I am and what I'm capable of and then how my life affects other people around me. What are we doing to these young referees when we yell at them? Um, we're doing a lot of different things. So. If you can imagine, you're 14 years old, your body's changing, you're trying to catch up with it, you're starting to understand really complex, abstract ideas just in general life, and now you're trying to hold a whole lot of information together while you're running up and down a field, and you're trying to attend to everything that's going on so that you can do the best job that you can, um, and you're really, really aware of how it is that other people are evaluating you, and that's really important to you, now all of a sudden when you have whether it's coaches, whether it's athletes, whether it's other adults yelling at you, clearly that's going to divide your attention, which is going to make your job that much harder. So this is important for us to remember that attention is really a limited um, resource that we have. If you're yelling at a youth referee, you're taking away from their ability to actually do their job, that they're already questioning in the first place because they're just trying to do a good job at it um, as much as they can. And then if we extend that, we need to remember that we're not just hurting the referee that we're yelling at. We're also affecting our kid who's on the field or on the bench and sees us acting that way. And so we're affecting the entire climate of what it is that's going on, but we are going to have the direct effect on the outcome of the game if a referee can't do their job because they're too worried about whatever it is that you're saying and whatever it is that's distracting them from trying to do what it is that they're trying to do. Yeah, that focus is is a huge thing, and and being distracted yeah. by um, the 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 yelling on the sidelines, uh, you know, certainly hurts that focus. I know our state referee administrator Mike McCarthy has said numerous times. I wish I could remember the exact number that he said, but it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of decisions a center referee is making during a yeah. match. You know, from, yeah. okay, the ball went out of bounds. Did it go all the way? Did it cross the whole of the line? Who did it go mm -hmm. off of last? Is the person taking the throw, the, the proper team taking the throw? Is the ball mm -hmm. going behind the head? Is the both feet staying on the ground? Is the feet, you know, where the feet placement is? So, I mean, just in yeah. that, you know, couple of, you know, minute there, we're already talking about 
a bunch of different decisions that these referees are making. And then with the yelling, you, you lose that focus on that. And that's where additional mistakes could end up being made by these referees. Exactly. And we cannot underestimate the power of decision fatigue. The more decisions we have to make, the poorer quality our decisions get made later on. If I have to be a referee who's making decisions about whether or not to listen to the person on the sidelines who said I just made a poor call, that's going to hurt my ability to make a better decision in the next couple of minutes to a couple of hours. So it really does have a lasting effect. Not, a, not to mention now it's, it's bringing into question this new identity that I'm starting to develop and this new way of understanding myself. So then we've got confidence stuff and it's just a whole big complicated mess. And if parents or, or coaches need to kind of put themselves in the shoes, imagine, imagine trying to put together a really complicated piece of furniture. And the whole time you're doing it, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who tell you what a terrible job you're doing. You're not turning a screw fast enough. You put this upside down. You're not thinking through that. I mean, we, we can't be doing that to each other and then expect positive results because that decision fatigue and lack of confidence are really going to have long-term effects. Oh, I put together a, a, an entertainment center just by myself and was frustrated as all get out. I can't imagine <laughs> having people tell me, tell me around me that I'm doing everything wrong, which I knew I was doing everything wrong to begin with, <laughs> Right? you know, had enough problems with that. Um, okay. So, so help our youth referees, these teenagers, what's one thing that they can do when dealing with adults that are behaving irresponsibly? And that's what we, we call it in the soccer uh, industry from the referee point of view is uh, irresponsible behavior. Yes. And I like that label. I think that that's a really appropriate kind of way to look at it. Um, You know, I was actually talking with a colleague of mine uh, who's been in youth soccer for a very long time. um, And one of the things that she really brought up was the importance of remembering as, as a youth referee that you're not alone. You should never be alone. So you need to, to always kind of have a plan of what it is that you, that you um, might need to do if something gets out of hand, if somebody does start acting a little bit irresponsibly. You need to have the contact information for, you know, your, your, your club leaders or someone on the field or something like that who can really help you in that, in that position of an adult acting irresponsibly. Um, so that you kind of know ahead of time how it is that you can address that situation rather than not having any of that information and now all of a sudden you're dealing with this parent and it puts you in a very awkward situation um, that's difficult to navigate. So I think having that plan ahead of time, knowing who your allies are, even if it's just other parent advocates, um, I think is really, really important to kind of manage some of that irresponsible behavior. Yeah, and it is it is an awkward it is an awkward situation for those uh, just you know and especially just because they don't have the experience to deal exactly. with these situations they don't have enough rep, uh, reps at at dealing with situations like that and I know I talk with a lot of coaches and you know a lot of coaches are sympathetic to the situation and and do their best to uh, not make the situation worse. And then I have others that say that, you know, they're out there, they're being paid to do a job, they need to do it correctly. Um, you know, and I tell other folks, it's like, it's like a soccer player, the soccer player goes to training, and they work on the things that they're working on. And then they try to replicate those at game speed in a match. And that's exactly that's- what the referee is doing. I mean, you can have a referee watch 80 million videos of uh, uh, English Premier League referees doing things or MLS or whatever, 
and you could tell them, you know, okay, what what happened here? What what went wrong? What should they have done? What should have that call been? And they can answer you correctly, but until you're able to put it into process uh, out on the field, and that's where these referees are getting their experience so that they can move up the ladder and, and move on to the more important matches. You know, our, 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 our grassroots, uh, uh, that's, that's their training ground. That's their farm league is where they learn everything about uh, uh, the game and, and get the reps in uh, to be able to perform at a higher level. And then, and, and, you know, and I always tell folks too, I said, you, you know, folks uh, criticize referees at the English Premier League level, you know, one of the top leagues in the world. You know, if we're yelling at referees based on bad calls there, what do these kids, you know, what kind of chances do these kids have? Exactly. You know, so why don't you go ahead and provide some more tools for the toolbox for our youth referees of things that they can do? Yeah, I mean, I want to reinforce one of the things that you just said a moment ago, which is be a student of the game. So do watch those English Premier League matches. Um, do Do watch... Um, high school matches and college matches and and pay attention not just to what's happening on the field but really pay attention to those referees pay attention to what it is that they're doing that makes them really good that you'd like to emulate and what it is that they're doing that's maybe not as good and that you would like to do differently Um, having those ideas in mind is the first part of the learning process and then like you said second part of the learning process is just get the reps in even if that means that you're you're doing it in the backyard as your little brother and sister are playing with a bunch of their neighborhood friends. I mean, go out and watch them and think about, okay, well, what I call here and what does that look like and where's my attention and how is this working? And, you know, really just getting those reps where it is that you can find them. Um, and then I think one of the other things is really manager expectations. You watch those matches. You know that no ref ever gets 100% of everything right. So don't expect yourself to all of a sudden get 100% of everything right. You also know that refs get a whole lot of flack manage that go into go into those matches knowing okay there are going to be people who are unhappy with what it is that's happening why do i want to do this anyway because it's a growth opportunity because this is teaching me how to be a better leader because this is helping me to um, learn how to communicate better with people or manage conflict or any of those kinds of things that kind of come up go in with those reasonable and appropriate expectations rather than i have to be perfect i can't handle it if people are yelling at me those kinds of things, because then at least you've got a little bit of a head start. That doesn't mean it won't still overget, won't still get overwhelming at times. Of course it will. And when that happens, go back to some basics. Go back to your breath. If there's enough of a break in the action that you can just count to five and come back to where your feet are, get yourself grounded in the moment, and then kind of come back, then spend the time doing that. Um, but really learning how to take care of yourself just as you would if you were an athlete and getting frustrated with things or feeling like you were getting yelled at. Use some of those same sports like skills as a referee to help kind of mitigate some of the things that are happening. And if you can go in with those reasonable expectations to start, I think that really helps. Yeah, I think that last part is is extremely important for our referees to, to remember. Now, I, I know that I've uh, I've seen situations where uh, – the referees, uh, young referees, uh, overcompensate in the situation and yeah. become belligerent to the adults. Uh, what are things that they can do to prevent that? Because that that then that opens up a whole another can of worms. It does, and this is where I want adults to remember: you're the adult. If you have a 15 year old kid yelling at you and you're screaming back, 
I'm not looking at that 15-year-old kid as much as I'm looking at you because that 15-year-old kid doesn't have the same brain development and life experience that you have. So if they're yelling back at you and you're just going right back at them, that's a bigger issue to me. Now, for that 15-year-old kid, you've got to develop a little bit of kind of foresight to see how it is that that's going to play out. And again, this goes back to like even watching um, how it is that really good referees do it in other leagues and that kind of stuff. They're always managing conflict. What are the things that they do that work that is not going back at a fan or going back at a coach? Is it the nonverbal stuff of just a look or a hand gesture? Um, maybe it's a nod. Maybe it's a sarcastic comment that you both kind of brush off. You know, what are those things that they're doing that are really helpful? Um, because especially if you have this repeated pattern of, of being belligerent back towards, towards those adults, you're probably seeing that it's not working. So if it's not working, shift it up and change it and see what it is that can happen instead. And if you're getting to that point where you absolutely cannot hold it in any longer, then maybe you need to consider whether or not this is appropriate for you right now. That's a maybe great... it means that, that you need to take a little bit of a break. You're feeling burned out and you're not able to um, you know, be the kind of referee that you want to be. Take a step back for a couple of weeks come back in and see how it is that you feel. I think that that self-awareness is one of the key things. And then if we combine that with, you know, taking breaths and doing that kind of stuff ahead of time, as well as learning maybe from a mentor or from watching other matches, how it is that really good referees manage that conflict, then I think we can circumvent that urge to really yell back. Now, I've been a referee assigner uh, for a local league here in my area, and I've dealt with, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of, of youth referees over the years at all various, various levels. And, you know, when, when they get yelled at and they get criticized, uh, especially when they're in the center position, they come back to me and say, mm -hmm. hey, Marcus, I don't want a center anymore. I just want to be an assistant mm -hmm. referee where they can be more of a wallflower, so to speak. They're not the focus uh, of the match. Um, what yeah. can what can us adults do and us coaches, you know, spectators, coaches, parents, what can we do to help foster our young referees and allow them to get those reps in? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is, is kind of similar to what you were talking about, create a space where they can talk about some of those frustrations and difficulties so they don't feel like they're kind of all alone. Um, maybe if it even means bringing someone in and talking to an entire group of them, you know, what are some of the challenges you all have been having? How is it that we help you work through those challenges? Really kind of opening up that conversation and just creating that space for them outside of the match itself can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the other things that, that we can really do to help them is, remember that the game doesn't happen without them. They are an essential part of the game. And so respecting them and the work that they're doing and granting them the grace that, wow, this, this could be someone who moves up the ranks and, and does something great because of the skill set that they learned here. We should be fostering them in the same way that we want to be fostering our athletes rather than villainizing them for not being exactly who it is that we want to be. As adults, we've also got to keep it in perspective that this is a game. Mm -hmm. kids play this stuff in streets and backyards and they do just fine without adults being around so letting letting the game be the game and not this life or death this will determine whether or not my kid gets a scholarship and goes pro and all of those things that we turn it into we've got to take a step back and just get that perspective that you know what everybody's learning here 
my kids are learning to be better. These reps are learning to be better. Coaches are learning to be better. This is a growth opportunity. This is not an end-all, be-all kind of a thing. And then I think for parents especially, um, and, and, and maybe more so for those who maybe don't come from a soccer background, learn more of the rules of the game. I can't tell you how many games I've been at where I've heard parents yelling at referees, and they're talking about things that aren't accurate. For one thing, they're calling it offsides rather than offside. Like, what sport are we watching here? Um, or, or they're complaining about a call um, that was missed on a handball. Even though it wasn't actually a handball, there was no intent to handle the ball. It was, there was nothing there that, that makes it clear. So I think that as far as adults, educate yourself on the game understand some of the things that the rest are going through and then keep that perspective that this is this is a growth opportunity that we should be fostering the growth of our referees the same way that we're trying to foster the growth of our athletes and i think if we can shift that perspective rather than having that all or nothing win or lose is everything kind of mentality i think we can really do a better job of supporting our referees my favorite card see something happening in the stands do something about it yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't be, don't be a wallflower in that instance. You know, it's yeah. funny. It's funny. It reminds me of a cartoon of what you just said of a group of parents sitting on the sidelines, watching a youth soccer match and a kid gets called for offside. And some of the parents are complaining. There's, there's this grandma and grandpa sitting there and they hear the other people screaming, you know, that wasn't offside. And of course they're screaming, that wasn't offside. And then the grandma, you know, leans over to the grandpa. What's offside again? <laughs> right? I see it all the time, and it's so well-intentioned. I mean, you know, we're excited to see our kids out there doing their thing. It makes so much sense to me why it is that we get excited about it. But we've got to do it in the right way. And there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, a call didn't go my way, and I didn't really like it, but it's not the end of the world. There are 89 and a half minutes out there that could still change what it is that happens in this game. Very, very, very few decisions are what what we call in the referee business match critical. Exactly. Very, very few. I mean, very, very few, um, especially at the youth level. Yes. Yeah, we got to remember that. We got to do a better job keeping that in mind. All right, uh, Doctor, as we wrap things up here, if you could just give one piece of advice to our young referees out there when dealing with adult coaches and adult spectators and uh, parents, what would that one piece of advice be? Know who it is that you want to be as a referee. Know what kind of referee it is that you want to be and then do everything in your power to be that referee. If you don't want to be the referee who's spitting back at at parents or at coaches, then don't do that stuff. Yes, emotions get big, and that's okay. When they do, you use the things that that work for you as a player to calm back down and get refocused and do what it is that you need to do. But know who it is that you want to be as a referee. Work really, really hard to do the things that are going to make you that kind of person. And if it gets out of hand, if things start feeling unsafe, use your support network. It's our job as adults, whether we're – coaches whether we're league officials i mean whoever it is that we are it's our job to keep everyone on the field safe and that includes our youth referees if they ever feel unsafe they need to be able to use those support networks and so don't be afraid um you know to to call the person who's in your contact list and say hey i had to stop a match this is happening you know i'm feeling unsafe right now what do i do and get them out of the stands and down there and they handle the situation there's no reason why a 15 year old needs to be put in the position to go in against an adult who, um, you know, who's much bigger and 
potentially uh, unsafe in that situation. And I promise to all the youth referees that there are many more parents and adults that are on your side than there yes. are that are not on your side in situations like that. I mean, I, I promise them that there will be uh, parents out there that will, you know, that will step in if needed. Um, you know, they just need to know that you need their help and don't be afraid. Exactly. To, don't be afraid to ask for that help. Yes. And that's the critical part. You have to ask for it. If not, then nobody's going to know to give it to you. Exactly. Well, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming back on our program to talk about this. I know we've been talking about this. Uh, seems like every time we talk on the podcast uh, off air uh, about doing an episode about youth referees and then uh, got a couple of emails from people asking, you know, well, you know, my daughter's a referee and she gets yelled at and that kind of thing. She likes doing it, but she doesn't like the grief that she gets. Uh, you know, what are some things that she can do? So I figured you were the perfect person to have on the show to to talk about that and hopefully be able to help some of our youth referees out there. So we appreciate you coming on the show again. Sure. Sure. And if anybody ever needs kind of that individual, like this is the biggest thing that I'm working with, reach out to different, you know, professionals who can kind of help. Maybe you just need to work on some imagery to imagine a shield between you and that parent, or you need some, some help with, you know, kind of focus and attention so you don't get distracted. I mean, those are all personalized things that there's help out there for you just got to be able to use those resources as well. Yep, that's a great point. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on the program again. My pleasure, my pleasure. And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday for another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.